Performer Talks. I'm your host, Bethany Unwin. Before we get into this episode, I just want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you love our episodes, please do leave us a review on Spotify or iTunes so we can help more performers for free. And please do share this episode with anyone you think this may help or may enjoy this content. I appreciate you and I'm so, so grateful for your support. Today I am delighted to be joined by Nick Redman, who is not only a voice coach, but also a voiceover artist and podcaster. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Thanks for having me here. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to have you on the show. I've been admiring your work for quite a while and we've been trying to get you on and it's just our schedules (laughs) has never managed to sync up. But for all the listeners at home, can you just tell them a little bit about who you are and what you get up to? Yeah, so my name's Nick. Hi there. Uh, I am a fully-fledged voice geek, really, I think is the best way to describe me. Spoken voice specifically, so I either spend my time in my recording booth recording voiceovers for all kinds of things, uh, mainly for back home in Northern Ireland, you, as we say, uh, uh, or my podcast, so the Voice Coach podcast and the Voice Over Social podcast, um, or I spend my time helping other people with their spoken voices. So at the moment, again, a lot of that is online, <laughs> although I do also run residential retreats for voice training here in the Cumbrian countryside. We've got a lovely sort of a big old country house that we sort of get people into and get them breathing and releasing and yeah so I do lots of things to do with voice basically I'm here to help with spoken voice so uh, at the moment specialism tends to be people uh, who work on microphones so voiceover artists podcasters narrators comedians people who present in public generally Uh, but I also work with actors and performers as well And I think now, especially because there's so many jobs where you're required to work from home and have your own setup and be able to do multiple things, that also gives you the opportunity to step into things like voiceover work. Um, So I assume your demand has probably got quite busy over the recent years. (laughs) Yeah, well, the funny thing is, as, as a voice coach, I've been working online in some way for ages, like even pre pandemic pre-pandemic because a lot of my clients were in America or different parts of the UK but there were people who were slightly tentative about online coaching before pandemic so they would be like look I really want to work with you but I'll wait to come in person at some point to a retreat or whatever I don't want to do it online and I was like that's fine as soon as everything went online all of a sudden it was like phone never stopped ringing metaphorically because everyone's like oh well everybody is online I'm like I know man I told you I've been online for ages <laughs> so there were I had loads of extra lovely clients who were just general voice coaching but then also a, a big influx of people whose agents had said listen acting's out the window for a bit but we're here this voiceover is worth a try so do you want to give it a go so yeah there's been a lot of um coaching people transitioning from one side to the other in terms of envision to on the mic or helping people develop that side of their of their career and actually interestingly now another element is people who are just need to be more confident on the mic or speaking presenting when it comes to doing instagram lives and showing up online and all that stuff that we do now just to build a business online too 
Yeah, absolutely. Those skills are so important as well. And I feel like people don't realise how much a a vocal coach and a voice coach can can help you. Um, So under that voice coach bracket, there's a lot of things that I don't think people realise you do. Can you just share a few things that comes under your voice coach umbrella? (laughs) So the best thing is probably to talk about a few of the issues that tend to come through my door that I help with. Because I think for a lot of people with voice coaching for me, and the thing that I have tried to rally against is that it has, it has always sort of felt to me as this thing that is only there for people who are, you know, privileged enough to go to drama school. And they get the chance to go to these, you know, lauded, brilliant institutions where I went to myself, where you get hours and hours a week with these incredible practitioners who do the whole voice process with you. And it's brilliant. But my remit has always been... Um, PS voice work is for everybody (laughs) and you don't have to spend you know 25 hours a week rolling around the floor breathing through your bum to improve your voice now that being said I do do a lot of that kind of work (laughs) as well and it is incredibly holistic but a lot of the work I do is people coming with very specific voice issues because they've been using their voice and they haven't had a chance to do voice training before or they didn't even know it was an option so I get people coming with certain issues which sort of need to be fixed a little bit for example inefficient use of the breath so when it comes to voiceover work there's a tendency to either stop breathing or take massive breaths and then just work until the very end of things until you're completely running out so it tends to lead to a lot of tension and a lot of vocal fatigue particularly in audiobook narration which is a big area of specialism for many of my clients so I do a lot of work on breath and realigning and sort of making the breath work more efficiently. Other things is just general vocal health. So sometimes it's people coming back after little bits of surgery or issues. Mainly it's people who realize their voice is getting tired and it didn't used to get tired. And we do a lot of work on that and that tends to be a little bit holistic as well in terms of what's going on in their mind and their body and that kind of thing. Um, But my favorite thing really is to show people the prevention rather than the cure so my entire kind of uh, manifesto if you will (laughs) is to show people that little bits often you know day to day make a huge difference to your vocal technique generally and can stop you getting to the point where there are big problems so I'm a big fan of showing people loads of little tips and tricks that they can do each day, day to help them just have a voice that's easier and more expressive and more them and you know it's not just all about tongue twisters and uh, rolling around the floor although that is also very fun <laughs> <laughs> and as well obviously with with this kind of prevention rather than um you know dealing with injuries and things I think there's so much neglect in terms of our voice because people speak all the time they think oh my voice is fine but you've never been trained on how to talk in the best way for it to function at its best is that is that something you often find is kind of like left behind a little bit because people do it all the time they don't really think about it yeah it depends on the people you're working with interestingly most of the problem is most of our voices work brilliantly day to day because that's how our bodies are designed you know Our bodies are designed to know how to breathe and know how to align ourselves and we talk and we can communicate and therefore you're using your voice great. The problem tends to be when you get in that slightly heightened performance situation and you get those, you know, tensions that come from nerves and anxiety and the situation and that's when our voices 
start working in a slightly less efficient way and weird things happen people start doing things to their body to try and make their voice better when it doesn't really help at all you know there's lots of stuff out there about well just make sure you're using your diaphragm and breathing with your diaphragm and something something diaphragm and you're like your diaphragm works for you all the time like as soon as you start thinking about it there's nothing there's nothing you can do about it because you can't feel it so there's no point so sometimes it's little things hanging around in people's headspace about what they should do with performance voice um so a lot of my work tends to be well let's not do that let's think about how it feels day to day and work on that and build that up rather than trying to make it harder than it needs to be but then also a lot of the work i do is about communication as well so for voiceover specifically it's um it's a lot about connecting with the copy and understanding the process as a voiceover and voiceover is not about performing voice at all really because it's 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 communication and to be truthful most of the time if it's voiceover as opposed to voice acting it's it's selling something so it's understanding how to break down copy and understanding you know devices of rhetoric and structure and how you can use the language and the sounds to help you connect to the text and therefore get what the client needs from you uh, from the listener so there's loads to it it's very exciting that is really interesting because I'd never really, if I'd have thought about doing voiceover, I'd think, okay, how can I perform this? Because especially yeah. with having a, a performance background, that is the route I would take. But that's really interesting that, yeah, in most of the time it is adverts for voiceovers and how you communicate that. I've never thought about it in that context before. Yeah, a lot. Most of the time for the day-to-day voiceover that would be my bread and butter, so like local radio, in-store commercials, corporate narration, all that kind of stuff, it's communication and it's either instructional or it's informative or it's commercial and it's not actually these days people don't want you to sound like you've got a really nice voiceover voice. You know, they just want you to sound like their mate next door. And what's interesting with performers sometimes when they come to voiceover is one of two things. One they are brilliant because they just take on the character of being something to do with that advert or, or, you know, personify the person doing the instruction in the corporate narration, or they, um, they try too hard to sound like what they think a voiceover should sound like. And that's what I spend a lot of time undoing when it comes to voiceover coaching is that everybody feels like everything should sound like this. <laughs> and actually, that's just a particular, well, definitely for my market, but, you know, for a lot of markets now, that's not what's wanted. They want you to sound like you're, oh, it's really naff, but like, just make it sound like you're down in the pub with your mates, you know, <laughs> selling something or explaining something. And there is a real skill to that and connecting with somebody. And I think it's really important with a voiceover not to underestimate what your job is then your job is to represent the client and get the um the client the customer of that client to do what they need the client to do which is buy the thing click on the website follow the instruction you know it's not about being brilliant having a beautiful voice that sounds lovely it's about connection and that requires a really free voice um and a really connected vocal system so the more you put in the way of your voice and the more you try and sound a certain way the less you connect with the person on the other end of the microphone 
It's so funny as well because for, I followed you for a really long time um, because I love watching all the tips you give on social media. But months and months ago, I saw you post your advert that you did for Hobbycraft. And that <laughs> stuck with me because it was just, it just sounded like you were reading it in your room. It sounded so relaxed, so natural. And I really enjoyed listening to it. I think you've got a really lovely voice and it's very calming anyway. Nice. <laughs> um, but I just, it just always stuck with me of like, that's how you do voice work. Because it just, <laughs> it just was so authentic. It didn't sound like you were selling anything. And I listened to the whole thing because I was, I just felt like we were having a chat. Yeah. That's the skill of it. Like these days, people want to be sold to by their mates. Um, it depends on the script and the job, of course. You know, there's no way generalizing. Sometimes they want that big Peter Dixon X Factor sound, or sometimes they want a different sound. But it, the most important thing, I think, if you're if you're getting into voiceover or thinking about voiceover at the moment, is number one, listen to adverts and notice what's out there check the trends you know it's similar to there are trends in what your headshot or your cv should look like or how your show reels should play out or the scenes you should pick or the songs you might need for mt like there's trends that come round and round and it's the same with commercials so you need to know the sort of stuff that's on which requires getting off netflix and prime and onto itv and watching some daytime telly with the commercials <laughs> and just writing down what you hear and then the second thing is exploring your voice and playing around and seeing what you can bring to that so it's not necessarily and actually I don't recommend mimicking what you hear out there because that's not what it's about. It's about finding out how your voice fits within the tre the trends that are there. So um, an example might be that, you know, 10, maybe even 15 years ago, there was those, you might be too young to remember, um, but there was that Dervla Kerwin kind of, it's not just food, it's M&S food kind of vibe. Um, now I am Irish and it would be very easy for me to put a, it's not just food, it's M&S food vibe read on my demo reel right now, but that's not what's out there. So there's no point. Um, so it's about understanding what the trends are and then exploring with a coach or on your own or your mates or however you do it, how you can bring something from your voice to fit in and represent that trend. And if someone wanted to get started doing voiceover, obviously you've said about like looking for the trends and how you can put your voice into that mix, but how what are the first steps they need to do to kind of get themselves started if they really want to have a go at starting to look at voiceover work so i think these days um uh, particularly after you know post covid it's thinking about the sort of career you want in voiceover because there's two quite different routes there's the aren't you lucky you get to go into studios all the time in soho <laughs> isn't that nice you know for like uh, animation and maybe games and big commercials and all that kind of stuff maybe even ADR which is the uh, dialogue replacement for films and that kind of thing which is good for actors so there's those bits that are like in studio and then there's an absolute load of us at home in our like padded boxes churning out like all the stuff that you hear every day that you don't even think about um that is maybe slightly less shiny <laughs> and less pretty, but it's um, really regular day-to-day -day stuff and that does require a home studio. So if you want to make voiceover your sole um, focus, you're gonna need some kind of studio setup. 
that being said, don't just jump in and buy a load of equipment without knowing if voiceovers for you because that's ridiculous. But you do have to be prepared to have some kind of home setup. And these days, I would say nearly all voiceover artists, if it's their sole thing, are mainly home studio, maybe a little bit hybrid, and they get to go the odd day <laughs> to a nice, pretty studio and have a free pen and expense their lunch. Um, but most of the time, we're at home recording um, phone systems and in-store commercials for <laughs> like Eurospar. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> and things like that. So I think you've got to think um, about a little bit of investment in terms of finances. Uh, the other thing is really understanding that it's you're similar to acting, but more so I think if you're on your own, because I built my career completely without an agent. Uh, is you are your own business, so you got to be marketing, you got to do your accounts, you got to do your invoices, you got to do all that kind of stuff as well. So don't underestimate the necessity of viewing yourself as a business. Um, and then the the other thing is networking. Like I think networking is really important, and I hate that word, even as I say it, like it's gross. And um, what I mean by networking is get in the industry, talk to people, make some fat friends and see what it's all about. Don't just push yourself out there and think you know everything about it because there's loads of us here who can help, who can help with rates and who can make sure that when you do kind of dive in, you know what you're doing and you're not underselling yourself. Uh, there was something else I was going to say. Um, oh yeah, you're going to need a demo of some kind. And I would say don't jump into a demo without having a bit of guidance and coaching because there are a lot of companies out there who are like churning demos out three four five a day and unless you're brilliant instinctively it's going to be nonsense and useless and a bit um cookie cutter um so there are some great demo producers out there who are doing things slightly more bespoke who focus solely on voiceover and can really guide you and help you in a slightly more interesting and useful way so i would definitely definitely say a wee bit of coaching or help from um whoever you want to get involved with there's lots of us uh, is, is is important and necessary rather than just waxing a bit of money on a demo and getting it home and going this doesn't sound very good or it sounds like everybody else or you know do a bit of research find out what your voice can do find out what agents want from you and where you fit if you want to go for an agent and yes yeah, spend a bit of time and money playing and exploring before you do it and it's that word investing again, isn't it? Not only in the equipment, but also in the training to get up to a certain level to then pay for a really good demo reel because there's no point paying for a really good demo reel and then it's still not being up to the standard you want because you haven't just had that guidance from someone who's in the industry and knows a little bit more and can help you showcase you to the best of your ability and you might find something that you can do that will just enhance everything. So it's worth taking that time and the money, especially if you want to be paid to do it, to invest in it so other people can invest in you. Exactly. It's tough at the moment because it is a very saturated market because because of COVID. There's no denying it. There's an absolute ton more new voices in there um, who weren't there before because they needed something to do. And it was, it's just the way it happened. It's just what happened. Um, so I think you have to be prepared to know that it's a long game and stepping into voiceover for a wee bit of extra cash isn't a realistic uh, or as the side hustle just isn't a realistic viewpoint. Uh, there are people out there and companies out there who do peddle that 
kind of <laughs> message like want to earn some extra cash become a voiceover and it's like yeah good luck <laughs> good luck um it's a great career but i've been in it for mm, you know, 20 years probably um and i still hustle every day you know um so don't take don't underestimate what it takes just like you would when you're going into any other career in the arts or in performance um and take your time and get a strategy and yeah uh, get some guidance that's really really great advice and with obviously um the prevention thing that we were talking about earlier cold and flu season is upon us it is that time of year where everyone's coming down with everything under the sun and most people are kind of going into in the acting realm and performance realm are going into maybe panto this christmas putting their voice through very very strange kind of um I don't even know what you call it but putting them in very strange positions um to create very strange sounds so what would you recommend with the cold and flu season that we can do to make sure we're looking after our tool which is our voice yeah I I literally have podcast episodes almost on those titles which is how to survive panto season (laughs) as a how do you get you what to do with your voice to survive panto season so that's one episode and there's another episode about cold and flu season so uh, subscribe to the voice coach podcast and have a listen because uh, there's loads in there but i think in short um fluids oh sweet lord stay hydrated <laughs> number two um is rest as much as you can i know panto is relentless but do remember that you are an athlete and you do need to rest thirdly is really don't underestimate the necessity for a warm-up and similarly a bit of a cool down um it doesn't have to take a long time but warm-ups cool downs and even resets at the interval for the voice are really useful so to to combat that fatigue that's coming on and the other thing is i'm really sorry to be like the bearer of really boring news but like eat some fruit vegetables (laughs) like try and try and eat healthy uh, voice is a completely holistic thing so everything that goes in your body in some way is going to affect it because it'll either make you feel like crap and then you won't have the energy or you'll get ill or you'll do you know do some weird thing to your hydration or your mucus or whatever and then that'll affect it um and the third and from a technical point of view with panto i think when you're approaching panto in rehearsals be really really clear with the people you're working with about what your parameters are with your voice i think it's really necessary for um safeguarding to set just to manage expectations so if you're playing the witch i mean there'll be thousands of witches out there in panto season right now Uh, it's like remember whatever voice you create for that witch make sure it's something that is sustainable and not painful like play around one of the things i also do as a voice coach is work on character voicing um a lot of the time for gaming and animation but also for people doing parts and things and it's about um playing around and exploring the beautiful capacity of the voice to find different sounds and different tones and different resonance qualities but in a way that doesn't hurt you or harm you and it is possible so when you're playing around and finding that voice don't go straight in for the like really constricted cackle (laughs) um play and see how you can find the quality that you need that brings out the character and doesn't hurt you and the word we talk about a lot in um 
uh, voice is ease. So you have to find as much ease and space in the voice as you can. And then when you're in rehearsal, just say to the director, I'm going to do 50% today. And I'm only going to dial it up in performance time because you don't have to prove anybody to any anything to anybody. You've got the job. And part of their understanding and their safeguarding of you as a, as a company is to allow you the space to go, I'm not going to do it at full volume today, actually, or I'm just going to use my own voice and not my witchy cackle or my um, goofy sidekick voice or my whatever the voice happens to be. So I think it's okay and actually necessary and part of the process to say, I'm going to do 75% today. I feel a bit under the weather. So manage your expectations, do a warm up, explore the voice, see what you can do with it that doesn't hurt you. Because if it hurts, don't do it. End of. Find a different way. Do a witch that doesn't cackle. Find a more interesting choice. Absolutely. And I love that. And you're right, it's got to be sustainable. You know you've got to do it for several shows, several days, for several weeks, <laughs> you know, sometimes months. So it's it's finding something that is manageable. And you also I guarantee, talk... I can guarantee in January, I'll get some people through my door who say, I'm just finished Panto season. <laughs> I've got no jewels. Yeah. I think I might have done something to my voice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably. Hopefully not, because hopefully they'll yeah, listen like to the podcast. I'd like some please. So... <laughs> um, and also you mentioned about eating healthily and hydrating are there any foods and drinks as a voice coach that you're like avoid them to keep your voice working properly is there anything because I've heard a lot of rumors and I don't know which ones are true (laughs) I know well this is it isn't it yeah false news (laughs) um okay so this is the nothing you eat drink suck or swallow to quote one of my favorite mentors Dan Chalfin will uh touch your vocal folds, right? Nothing, because it goes down a different pipe. Otherwise you choke. (laughs) Like there's bits there to stop food and fluid touching your vocal folds. That's the whole point, right? So any way that you hydrate your vocal folds is what's called systematically, sorry, systemically. So it's stuff that you eat and drink that goes into your body, gets processed, and then affects the mucosal layer on the vocal folds. So if you're sucking a lozenge because your voice is tickly, it's not going to do anything at vocal fold level. For example, it might soothe soothe your throat or your pharynx and make things feel nicer, but it's not going to do anything to your vocal folds. You know, no amount of manuka honey and throat coat tea and this lozenge or that lozenge are going to do anything at vocal fold level and actually um when it comes to pain killing lozenges like strep i can't say like the ones that stop pain like antiseptic is that the one that stops pain Mm -hmm. anyway um are a complete no-no when it comes to voice because if you can't feel it you don't know what you're doing so you'll do more damage anyway from a food from a food perspective what that means is it's very personal from that point because your body processes things in different ways. So for some people, milk may make your mouth feel a bit stickier. It won't do anything at vocal fold level. And after half an hour, it'll probably be gone. So it's not that big a deal. Coffee for some people exacerbates reflux. Uh, so that might cause issues again from a mucosal point of view. But again, if you don't have reflux, doesn't really matter coffee doesn't dehydrate you the research on that has changed i mean unless you were literally drinking it morning noon and night forever but even then your body if you're a uh, if you're a regular caffeine 
drinker, uh, your body gets used to processing it. So it's much less of a diuretic. So it doesn't make you pee as much as you think it does. Um, so you'd have to be drinking a heck of a lot of coffee for anything to happen hydration wise. But again, if you have lots of milk in it, that may make the inside of your mouth feel a little bit claggy. Like, so uh, you might want to leave it half an hour. Um, there's nothing really unless you have an actual medically diagnosed intolerance to it that will affect anything at vocal fold level. It something may make you feel grotty and horrible, which is another holistic thing, but no from a from a voice point of view, no. The one thing I would caution against, even if you don't think you've got reflux or even if you're not a refluxy person, is that if you're doing panto late at night and uh as would be my habit, uh, you go to the chippy or whatever you have a snack afterwards, uh, and then you go to bed. There's a chance you might get some acid reflux over time, you know. So just be careful. Uh, grab a bottle of um, I can't name any names, but a nice liquidy uh, <laughs> um, anti-heartburn medication over the counter from Boots and just chase any late night chip and gravies with that <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really important as well isn't there because there's so many rumors out there but you're right like it doesn't even go down that that area so it shouldn't affect anything. I always just recommend people keep a wee diary so if you think you've got a voice issue and you think it might be related to something you're eating or drinking then make a note of it every day you know um it can take a little bit of detective work to work out that you've got any kind of intolerance, whether it's lactose or caffeine or, or whatever. So yeah, make a wee diary and note how it affects you and then you can go from there. But the main reason I, I think it's important to clear up these silly, these outdated rumours is that I don't want to give up cheese if I don't have to. Like, right. I don't want to give up coffee if I don't have to. I don't want to give up alcohol if I don't have to. Like, why make these horrible, dramatic moves in your lifestyle? Because it's just for your voice. Like, don't be a martyr. Like, have a nice time. Stay hydrated. Get some rest. Eat fruit and vegetables. And, you know, warm up. <laughs> Look after yourself. Do a bit of yoga. Do a bit of full body something. Do a bit of you know mind work don't give up caffeine and cheese and wine for god's sake that's ludicrous i know and we we were we when we were at performing arts college they gave us like this list of everything you shouldn't have to affect your voice and i swear the only thing we could drink or eat was water that was it that was the only thing left on the list by the time we were done which uh, it's all very well-meaning it's all very well-meaning but it's nonsense absolute (laughs) nonsense yeah. And also what you said is exactly right about things that, you know, uh, take away the pain and make you numb that area, especially when you're performing. That's so oh, dangerous God, yeah. because you just can't feel what's going on. You can't feel how much worse it's getting. If you're injuring it more, like you just can't feel anything. And that's really scary because you don't know when to stop. It's really, really important when you're going into something like Panto or it's when you show even where you're really excited and nervous and you're just getting used to an eight show a week kind of schedule. It's incredibly important to look after yourself. And Panto is different in a way because a lot of people do just push through and they numb the pain. And it's terrible because it does lead to issues the other side. But, you know, those throat sprays that numb the back of your throat and the things that you suck that numb the back of your throat, all that kind of stuff is just an absolute no-no if you're feeling pain 
call somebody as soon as you can because there are things you can do straight away to start uh, alleviating it, to start undoing some of the soft damage if you have done some damage and changing the habits that you have to help you get through it. Because I can tell you for now, cure at the other end is much harder and much more expensive and much more stressful than prevention. Like, it, I know, it, you know, like, oh, I'm too tired, I can't be arse warming up, I'm too tired. Just come to me in January and we'll see what the next six weeks or six months looks like to try and, you know, get rid of what's happened. It's much better. It's like, you know, the reason I brush my teeth and floss now, even though I don't want to floss, is because I'd rather spend two minutes doing that every morning than five minutes putting false teeth in for the last 30 years of my life. <laughs> you know, like I am hanging on to my dentures, people. And that is because I have been taught from the minute I have teeth that I have to look after them. If they taught vocal health like they taught dental health, we'd all be walking around uh, communicating wonderfully. Hunter season would be no bother. Exactly, exactly. And I feel like that's such a strong thing that we need to educate people on is, I know that seems like the easiest and quickest fix, but it's not long term. Yeah, it's just the worst. (laughs) (laughs) By far. Um, So obviously, your kind of um, podcast is so helpful. I love listening to it. And can you share a little bit about all the kind of things that you share in your podcast and what you're kind of hoping to achieve and who you think should be listening? Well, I think everybody should listen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I say that, I mean, like, my whole remit is voice work is for everybody. You know, I've worked with elite performers in comedy and acting and, you know, public speakers and people speaking on huge stages and I've worked with celebrants doing weddings you know in the Scotland or I've worked with teachers trying to not lose their voice at the end of a day of teaching like there's there's something in voice work for everybody which I find really exciting mainly because it's so holistic you know and sometimes it's just about understanding that um I've got I've got loads of, I, I always hold my bum or my thighs or my wrists or my arms and that tension is impacting the way that I breathe and how my voice comes out. So for, from that point of view, if I'm being like facetious, everybody can listen. Um, but it's primarily aimed at people who are occupational or professional voice users. And the idea with that is anybody who, who needs their voice to make a living in some way. Um, and it started because... I couldn't find one like it. So I decided that I wanted a a podcast that was very much training, short little snippets every single week that stepped people through the voice training process. So it's a mix of different types of episodes. The the one main narrative thread is that it takes you from almost like day one drama school all the way to like when you leave. You know, it's about alignment and the body. And then breath, breath release, breath awareness, support, uh, breath capacity. And then it goes into resonance and exploring vocal variety and tone. And then it goes through articulation and all that kind of stuff. And then we move on to sounds and words a little bit. But intermittently, it's smattered with um, episodes that answer the questions I get asked most. So like troubleshooting, really, so that lazily when someone comes to me with a question for the 98th time, I can go, listen to this episode 
and then come and talk to me because it's you know I was typing out the same information over and over and over again to people, which is fine, but it, you know it's it's not hugely efficient business practice. So now there's like if someone asks me about panto season, there's an episode of that. If someone asks me about um, uh, plosives on the microphone, there's an episode on that. If someone asks me about straw phonation, there's an episode on that. You know, so uh, there's just lots of different episodes that troubleshoot things as well. And at the moment, there's an episode every other week. And the Voice Coach podcast, I'm going to link in the show notes of this episode so you can go and check that out straight away. And what I also love, if you've now got the voice deck, which is available for people, can you explain a little bit about what that is? Because I think it's a great idea. Yeah. So basically, uh, I do a lot of, I'm a business, I'm a business person and I have a lot of, you know, I'm in a lot of groups that have like business themes, you know, for support and learning about logistics and marketing and all that kind of stuff. And I keep seeing, I've kept seeing people making card decks, <laughs> like affirmations on a card deck or writing cues on a card deck or, you know, wh- wh- whatever happened to me, social media cues on a card deck. And I was like, oh my God, what about like a warm up card deck with warm ups on it? So when you wake up in the morning, are you, are you like, oh, I've got to do this thing, I should probably warm up what do I do if not warmed up since I left drama school or if not warmed up for three weeks or if I've been on holiday and I can't remember where do I start? And I was like, well, you could just go to your card deck then and I'll give it a shuffle and pick a few things out. So uh, yeah, I made it and it's called the voice deck and its little subtitle is vocal warm-ups that work like magic, like a little um, oh. a little card deck kind of pun. <laughs> uh, basically, it's based around, I'm so proud of it because I've never made a thing before. Yeah, no, that's super <laughs> exciting. Oh I love that you can pick a card, any card. I know, yeah, it's great. So there's, there's basically like four, I've got one here, it's like four sections. It's uh, body, breath, uh, sound and speech. Um, and you pick a couple of cards from each section to kind of build your warm up. And then each, there's also a QR code. So if you're a complete newbie, there's uh, it takes you to a video of me showing you what the exercise is. So it's not just a little card, see you later. It's like me in your pocket or on your computer <laughs> or your phone, whatever you want, which is probably a terrifying, terrifying. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited about it. So I've got a few left. So if you want to suggest it to somebody for a Christmas present or buy it for yourself for a Christmas present, dear listener, then uh, go to my website, nightbrightmanvoice.com. <laughs> absolutely and if you're doing secret santa at panto what, oh my god yeah. what a great gift That's what a great right. gift uh so yes i will also link that below in the show notes so if anyone is wanting the voice deck you can go to the show notes of this episode and find the link to it nick thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show before you leave can you just share one piece of advice for aspiring performers that might be listening to this um, play the long game love that just take your time I know it's a horrible cliche but like it's it's a real bloody bumpy journey like and you just have to aim, just play the long game I'll try and quantify it like yeah absolutely but also uh, I meant to, meant to say the other podcast. If you are interested in voiceovers, is the Voice Coach pod, the Voiceover Social podcast, um, and that's got like seventy episodes on how to be a voiceover or things in about voiceover that you'll find really useful. So <laughs> I forgot about mentioning that. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us and all your insight. I found it massively beneficial. So thank you so much for coming on the show. You're very welcome. 
It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone listening at home. This has been Performer Talks and I've been your host, Bethany Unwin. Mm -hmm.